Morning, church. <laughs> um, I'm ready to hear what God says because he always speaks to me first <laughs> when, I share, when I share with you guys. So, um, so this morning, I'm going to share from Exodus. Um, and it's a passage which is um, with reference to a God encounter. And I love God encounters. Um, and I think this one is a really... Um, interesting one to look at and it's with reference to how God spoke to me just recently. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 2, 1 to 3. And I'm going to skip around the story because there's certain parts which um, I believe God really laid on my heart just to focus on which I really want to share with you guys and hopefully it will touch touch your hearts as well. So let's begin. Um, now Moses was tending the flock of Jephro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. Oh, sorry. Did I say two? I'm sorry. <laughs> Bless you, church. Sorry about that. Exodus 3, sorry, 1 to 3. So the last sentence here in verse 3, then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. And I thank you that your word brings life. Father, I pr please pray, Father God, that you will Touch people's lives with your word this morning, Father. That you would reveal yourself to us, Lord God, in a greater and mighty way. Lord, let us leave this building not the same, Father, but be touched by you, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 So, I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm going to start with my glasses. Um, a few months ago, I had to go to the opticians. For these glasses, I have to have regular tests, and uh, I went through my tests, and the optician said, "Your your um your eyesight's absolutely fine, but you're just at the stage of bifocals. I don't know how many people have got bifocals Hi. here. Have you? <laughs> well, I didn't really want to go to bifocals. I just heard so many stories about you know your eyes aren't. It takes a while to get used to." Um, and my optician stopped me and said, oh, well, what do you do? You know, I said, well, I just kind of shift my glasses up when I want to look down. He said, well, if you're used to that, then just carry on, you know. <laughs> uh, 
it's just a matter of you shifting focus. My title today is called, It's Time to Shift My Focus. <laughs> right? And I'll tell you why, because um, I'm used to doing this. At work, I always do this all the time. The guys think I'm a bit mad, but uh, I just keep adjusting my focus. And then, a few weeks back, I was doing this, and I'm not saying I had clouds broke open and God spoke to me. <laughs> But in my spirit, I felt God say, Trevor, it's time to shift your focus. It's time to shift your focus on me. And I really felt that was from God. And he showed me this scripture where Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. If I had my own translation... I would say, I will shift my focus and see this great sight. Let's look at the story. We find Moses on the backside of a desert. He's an exile. He's with his father-in-law. He's working the sheep and he's in a wilderness. But then God shows up. And when God shows up, church, something is about to happen, yeah. right? And I love God encounters. I read them all the time. I read for all the characters. And it's just amazing how God steps into the ordinary yeah. and it suddenly becomes supernatural, yeah. right? Let me give you some examples. Saul's encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road, Peter walking on the water, Gideon on the wine press. And here we have Moses in the backside of the desert, in the wilderness, in an ordinary place where nothing is happening apart from what he's used to doing. And God shows up, and this is what he does. Moses says, I, he sees the burning bush. He sees the flame of fire, and he sees the angel of the Lord but the bush is not being consumed. It obviously attracts Moses' attention. And he says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. The great sight that Moses seen was the manifestation of the presence of God in that bush. And it caught Moses' attention. Now this is what happens next. When the Lord saw that he turned, he spoke, right? He, he waited for Moses' attention. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place, take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So, 
here is what God reveals. He reveals, first of all, that he is holy. And for us, church, he asks us to be holy. The only way we can be holy is through the sacrifice of Jesus, who died on the cross and rose again, the sinless one for the sinful. And we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once and for all. Now, this is what God does. He says, he announces, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. What is God revealing? He's revealing his faithfulness. He's revealing the fact that he has been faithful through all of those generations from Abraham, from Isaac, and from Jacob. And just as, he's been, just as he's been faithful with those generations, what God is saying is that he will be faithful to him. God is trustworthy. He keeps his promises. I am the God who changes not. His faithfulness, his word is eternal truth. It means what he spoke, then it still stands. And this church, for me, it's a revelation. And I want God to continue to reveal himself to me. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. That means my generation, my daughter's generation, her daughter's generation, God's faithfulness will continue. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forevermore so we experience his faithfulness now today church he keeps his word he works all things together for good god is not man that he should lie he is a faithful god and the scripture says also even when we are faithless he remains faithful he cannot deny himself. He then says, he reveals to Moses that he is the deliverer and he is a redeemer. He said that the deliverer means to um, escape, to carry away safely. And this is what God is to us, church. He is our current help and our deliverer. This is who God is in our lives. We move on and, he's, and we see that he calls Moses by name. He said, Moses, Moses. Here we see that God is relational. He is a God who pursues intimacy, a God who knows us and wants to know us. And I want to share something with you that you may not feel that God really does know you, but he does. 
and he shows it in the very beginning in Psalms 139. It shows that he was there. He formed us in our mother's womb. David says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God was the first one to cast eyes on you. That's how special and unique you are. There is no one else like you. And for God to do that means that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You are not an accident. You're not a mistake. You are uniquely designed to be here. He found Moses on the backside of the desert and he called him by name while he was tending the sheep. Now, our, encou our encounters may not be the burning bush. So, you know, I don't go downstairs and see my plants on fire. You know, it's nothing like that, right? But we have within us the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, and he becomes our helper, and he becomes our guide, and he gets our attention. So Moses, so Exodus 3, let's continue. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. Now, let me just identify who God was saying he was. And I want you to hear this because this is really, really powerful. God is saying, I am. He is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence, and immediate presence. God's existence is not dependent on anyone else. He promises that he'll be what he will be, that is, he will be the, the eternal constant God. He stands ever-present and unchangeable, completely sufficient in himself to do what he wills to do and to accomplish what he wills to accomplish. Now, after God told Moses what he was going to do, Moses, there's a, there's, there's, um, there's a situation with Moses where he can't quite live up to the expectation of what God's calling him to do. But God's also saying to him, I am with you. 
And then Moses, and then God says to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, Cast it to the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. What is God showing us here? He was showing Moses that in order to walk with him, he needed to trust and to obey him was the key. Now look at the situation. Moses has got a snake in front of him. And you can imagine his senses are going crazy because God is telling him to do one thing and his senses are telling him to do the other. When all around he's saying, don't pick it up, Moses is saying, sorry, God is saying, pick up the snake and not only that God was saying, saying to him to pick up the snake at the end at his tail and not the head the worst place you could pick a snake up from and we need to look at this church because I think I believe it's a really important statement of our walk with God that our walk is not by faith but it's by sight. And God, when God challenges us to walk with him, there is only one way, by faith. And God showed that to Moses, that you need to pick up this snake. And Moses did it. Now, it shows me this. There's something that's quite unique about this situation. The snake is a symbol of the Egyptian. Um, uh, they they worship the snake. It was their, their 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 god, their god, the symbol of God, and it was on holy ground. Now God shows that He is sovereign over the snake right and that's what we have to trust and know that God is sovereign over everything right he is sovereign over everything so regardless of what circumstances you're under church regardless of what the enemy has put against you nothing can come against the sovereign power of God God is powerful and his word is powerful. Jesus demonstrated it. Jesus was the word. The word came and and dwelt amongst us. And Jesus showed the power, the kingdom of God, the presence of God coming down. When he was with the disciples, the fishermen, he told them, cast your nets on the other side for they have toiled all day night all, all, all night and what did Peter say um, 
he said, at thy word, Lord, we, I will do this. And what happened? There was a great catch. And what did Peter do? Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. It's the power and presence of God. When God speaks, we must trust him and we must obey him. Our walk is not by faith, it is by sight. Amen. Jesus. He gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is the God who is inside of us. So we have got this supernatural power inside of us. The God who breaks up the ordinary and brings the extraordinary. The God who comes in with the supernatural to the natural. What did Abraham say? Or what was said of Abraham, sorry. Abraham considered it not. And this is what we need to do when we come against the challenges and when God speaks something into our lives which we know is bigger than us. Abraham said, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. This is the God that we serve, church. And my message was based on our shift in focus. And I believe that God wants us to shift our focus on him. He is our answer. We cannot rest in our circumstances and think that we can work it through ourselves. God is our help and our source, and he will deliver us through that. Amen. I didn't think it was going to be that short. I do apologize. But I really want you to hear my heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm saying that God is more than able to meet our circumstances. God came to Moses supernaturally and told him what he was going to do. What, what was required of Moses was to trust and to obey him. Now I know, and I speak this myself, I know there are situations where I have to believe God for, right? And I have to trust and know that God 
is not a man that he should lie. And I will not believe the report in front of me, but I will look at the face of God who can take me through and bypass that report. That's my God. And that's why he can call himself faithful because he is a God who does not change. He is consistent. And that's why we can have that confidence in him because we know we have a reference point of who God is. He does not shift. He does not turn. There is no shadow. Who God is is who God is. And that's why he says he's our rock. That's why we can go to the rock that is higher than I, because we know that we are secure and safe. I put my trust in Jesus, and he is faithful to me. I'm 57 years old, and I have seen the faithfulness of God. I can look back and say, I have a 100% track record of God's faithfulness to me and to my family, to my family, to my family, to families. And it's even more than that, church. It's even more than that. Because God's saying his faithfulness isn't just now. It's for tomorrow. It's for the next day. And it's not just for me. It's for all of our generations. Amen. Amen. So we shift our focus. That's what God told me to do. The circumstances that I face, I don't face them on my own. I have a great and mighty God who is more than able, more than able, more than able. So who is the author and finisher of our faith? It's Jesus. What does Jesus say? Look to him. Don't look to your circumstances. Look to him. Amen. So I want us to I want us to take a few moments, church. Abraham considered not. And I'm asking. that we do the same. He considered not his circumstances, but he considered the promise of God. What promise has God made over your life? Consider it. Don't consider the situation. Consider the promise God has made of your life. And I say to you that God is faithful. And I'm fully convinced, just as the scripture says, I'm fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. And that's for you this morning. What is the promise that God has made for you? And I say to you, God is more than able to fulfill it. He is not a man that he should lie. 
or the Son of Man that he should repent. Shift your focus, church, on the God who cares for you, who knows you intimately, who has a plan and a purpose for your life. Moses thought he was out of the picture. He must have thought that. He was exiled, voluntary exiled, living with his father-in-law. But God had a plan and a purpose still for Moses. He was drawn out. His name means drawn out. And God intended to draw him out from the wilderness to fulfill his purpose as a leader for his people. This is the God that we serve. A mighty God who is faithful. He is so faithful, church. And he remains faithful. That's why we can have the confidence to say, regardless of what the circumstances, I am trusting in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So shift your focus, church, on him today. And let's take a moment. Because God took the the opportunity that presented itself to Moses was that he shifted his focus on God. And then God revealed himself. He revealed himself to be the deliverer, the redeemer. Thank you, Jesus. You choose to see this morning. I see the goodness of God. I see his loving kindness on our lives. I see a great and mighty God who is there for me, not against me, who's leading me, guiding me, encouraging me. I see a tower, a strong tower that I can take refuge in. I can hide him. I see a rock that is higher than I, that I can stand on. Security, safety. His name is Jesus. I see hope. I see unfailing love. I see a loving kindness that is better than life. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning, Lord. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them, Father God. 
you know that you know where they are, Lord. You know that longings, their desires. Lord, I pray you touch them now. In the name of Jesus. I pray that they'll see your greatness and your mighty hand on their lives.